Yeah, I don't want to do an intro or anything. We can just jump continue on because we were just talking about Kelly Armfinson being in Toronto looking for a job. Right, she's and, fancy uh, as hell. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, but, um, so Trevor and I both worked in Vancouver, at the same place actually, and uh, where was that? The warehouse. The warehouse. It was El Furniture Warehouse when I was and there. It's back to that now. Right. Right. It's uh, and the uh, diviest little dope spot on Granville. Best so, place in the world. Oh my great. god. Yeah. <laughs> and then back here, and you being in Red Deer, and then you went out to Toronto recently, mm-hmm. and you had a hell of a time finding a job. Um, I remember when I was in Vancouver, this was, I only had like three, four years under my belt and went up to Vancouver and I had a hell of a time. It was about, I don't know, I was staying with your brother, sleeping right. on his floor. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the stories. Oh, <laughs> man, my, oh, it's, yeah, that's a whole other story, but <laughs> I was going broke. I lost 30 pounds in a month. I was just <laughs> riddled with sickness. Are you ate Ichiban every day or whatever? What no, was it was one uh, junior bacon cheeseburger. Oh, right. Every oh, day. Oh, oh, yeah. Shoot. And uh, a frosty would last me a week. You take a couple just, bites, put it back in the freezer, go again. I still um, have one in my freezer right now. <laughs> <laughs> it took me about two, uh, over two months to find a job. And Red Robin, across the alley from us, is the place. Because I went out. like went to the best places. And then the lesser places. And then I, was, I applied at... Starbucks and a chocolate shop and Red Robin. And I remember Red that Robin. Red Robin actually. Yeah, I know that one. Robs in there. Yeah. Yeah. Grand Robin. A bunch right? of my friends right there. It's, it can be fun. It wasn't for me. <laughs> That's where, but um, you, you guys lived right there, right? Yeah, like, like right across, right the, across the street. Like just right there. That's yeah. where they both just. <laughs> yeah. But it was trying to find a job there. I like, because when you're young and you're just getting it, like only a couple years in the industry, you think, well, I know everything. I Here's my resume. Yes, I did manage a, a, or I was a supervisor at Eastside Mario's. When would you like me to start? And then they're like, no, we're good because we actually hire career people here and really fucking tough. So when you were saying that it was quite a time to get there, I can, I can totally get it. But what we were saying when, when you, like we've both bartended or we've all bartended in Red Deer a long time. When you need a job, you just call someone up and say, hey, you're hiring? Cool. We'll make space for you. There's Come always, on in. There's always a spot. Yeah. For sure. But when you're in Toronto, it's a whole other story, hey? So tell us what, how you, how'd you get a job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was tough. And like, it was timing. Part of it was timing because it was January. Like, it's right after the rush. We took our sweet time getting down to Toronto because we drove to the States, took a vacation which was great, and then like spent Christmas with the family and my nephews, and then, so I started to like pound in the pavement, like New Year's Day or something, where it was just the dumbest day to ever go look for a job, because <laughs> places in Toronto ha- are so big that they've already staffed up for the holidays, like three months prior to the holidays, and they were full, and now they're too full, right? Like there's too many people, yeah. easily way too many people uh, on their payrolls, because it's gonna be slow for like the next two months, so I knew that, like, every time I went, like, uh, same, yeah, same thing. I found, like, best places first. So, like, places like Bar Chef, <laughs> like, other places, you know, where you don't even get consideration. Like, you show up at their doorstep, basically. You just feel like a 
shooting for the stars. Yeah, oh man, it, it feels like even worse, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like stepping into that place where I'm just like, ah, I shouldn't even be in here. Like, like you're, you know, it didn't feel like my experience here mattered very much at all. Right. Especially, and you watch, and you go, you go out and up there, and you go to like a nice dinner, and you see what they do for you, and you're like, genuinely impressed. Like, pretty much every, if you go like get fine dining, or like higher end, you know, dining or cocktails or whatever, like those people are fucking good at what they do. Like they're gonna impress you, and they're they're probably just the schlubs that are like going to school or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. If they're even there. There's so many more people. There's so many more professionals. There's so many more. I don't know. But I think it's yeah. Here, it's easy to find a job because restaurateurs treat staff like a dime a dozen. So you you we're not gonna pay for your training really. We're not gonna train you up much at all. So because you're just gonna quit for somewhere else 25 cents more an hour right. and you're you're expendable and so red Deerians they don't demand high service because they know they can't get it but toronto or vancouver they demand it because once you've had a taste of it would, yeah like i i want good service and i'm going to pay for it i'm going to go to this place because i can get a great service and, and a great meal uh, because they like you're saying, that they're the career servers or bartenders, and they hold on to the, those jobs, and they're not going to just duck out and go across the street for for sure. You know, well, the, for no reason. Well, those guys make good money. Oh yeah, like you're talking those you know, those big city jobs. Like those people are making you can make a hundred thousand dollars easy. I talked to the bartender at my brother's wedding who works like Trump Hotel gig or whatever. And, you know, those guys are making $100,000 salaries and still getting tips. Like, those guys are, have worked their way into, like, the elite of the elite, you know what I mean? Like, of, you know, if you want to be the bartender, the head bartender at the nicest hotel of, in Toronto, like, that guy's getting paid, like, a serious amount of money. For sure. Absolutely full career. We've all heard the money. stories of major D's in New York City who have yeah. yachts and sell their job for a million bucks or whatever. Like, exactly. A long time ago. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's why I felt like my experience here didn't matter. When I went into like places, I like I felt like over my head. When I saw like what the basics was, I was like, oh shoot! Like, but I knew I could do those things. But I just didn't picture myself. I'm like, it looks so different when you do it here. Yeah. Or like you know what I mean? Like or you know, the cocktail list here has never been aggressive. But I mean, you and I would make whatever for anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And have that knowledge. Yeah, well, you can make great stuff, but if you're wearing a t-shirt and <clears throat> right. jeans while you do it. Right. You're not going to feel a certain way about yourself. Yeah. For sure. Which is yeah. like, I guess coming from Red Deer, that's probably why I felt so comfortable getting a job where I did in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, I fit in. This is what I know. It's scummy. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I literally started there with no experience. And then. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Started there washing dishes two nights a week. Then six months I was bartending. Then, mm -hmm. yeah. There might be a warehouse in Toronto. There is. There's there plenty. is. There's oh, plenty. is there one? This is like a franchise because um, I've been to yeah. one for sure. Well, there's probably there's the Dime also. There's right. They got a bunch of different brands. Yeah, when I was at the warehouse, they opened like it was the only one, and then they opened uh, Whistler. Yeah. And then. They yeah, when I was there, there was like five in a two block radius of that flagship store. For real? Yeah, because they had the Moose, the Dime, they had they have the Capital the down the street. Another dime on commercial. Really? I think, yeah, they had like 16 locations in BC, and then they just opened one in Calgary a couple years ago. 
bunch in Toronto. Good for them. Oh, there must be a bunch there. Sure. They're in Montreal. They tried to do LA a few years ago and it didn't work. LA's not a bar city. It's when I was there, drive. I just got drunk on the beach. Right. But people don't drive to bars there. It's got to be uh, their local. Yeah. You know, but New York is, you know, I don't know. But then, like, speaking of New York, like, I see on Instagram or something, Death or the Dead Rabbit, they'll post, hey, we're hiring. Send us your resumes. And I think, why do you have to put out a call for, like, why do you not have a know, stack? Right? And they put that out, like, globally? Yeah, because they, yeah, they want the best in the world. Yeah, right. I guess. Wow. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, how do they, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But, mm. I mean, I mean, that's the level of competition in the places that take it that seriously, right? So, well, like, uh, Samantha Kasuga, who worked at Proof in Calgary, she mm-hmm. applied one time, and she got a job there, so she just moved to New York to wow. work in the fucking Dead Rabbit. Yeah, talk about, like, moving cities for a bartending job. Just be like, yeah, all of a sudden I'm going to move across the country for... Yeah. It's like getting a job. Oh, I'm going to fly to New York for an interview? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, are you guys covering that? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. no. That's all you have. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you said at that uh, Italian restaurant, you had to... Right. Free labor. Yeah, that was interesting. So it was a two-interview process. So I met the, the, the hiring manager... I met her the first time. She gave me like half an interview, uh, pretty quick. Sent me on my way. Said that like I really like you. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna get you in here for an actual interview. I was like, oh, awesome, perfect. Went back, saw her again. Had like a full interview for like 15, 20 minutes. Like it was like a grill about mostly customer service, like where I've worked, my like knowledge level, and then uh, left again. Like, like yeah, awesome. Loved you. We're gonna have you back. And then she mentioned at that time, she's like, we might have you for like an observation shift where maybe the next time you come in, like we're going to have you make a few drinks just to like, just to see what you're like behind the bar or whatever. I was like, yeah, perfect. Like I hadn't bartended in three months. <laughs> the rest is shaky. Like they're just like the road into the wolves. But uh, so the third time I went and I honestly like the vibe I got from this place immediately was very like posh and like different, and, like almost like nose up kind of uh the way the management was treating, like they were very nice, but they were a little bit like almost insincere about mm. some of their. You can say bougie, very bougie, very 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 bougie. Anyway, so the third time I come back, I interview with the bar manager, which immediately grills my knowledge. So he's just like hammering me, and uh, so I heard, I had heard already because I was talking to when I went like waiting for my interview, I was talking to the, one of the bartenders, and she was like, "Yeah, no, like this is what's gonna happen. Let me help you out. Like, give me some tips." Like we're, they're going to ask you to come back here. You're going to make an Aperol spritz. You're going to get the fuck out of here. And you're going to have a job and we make sick money. That's what she said. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what she said. She's like, they're going to ask you to make an Aperol spritz. Then you're good. Then you get the fuck out and you're going to just come back and you're like, we make great money. She's just like, looks at me. She's like, we're doing great. Like, this is awesome. Like, I can make an Aperol fucking spritz. <laughs> and then so immediately this guy, like, she mentioned in, in casual conversation that like he, the bar manager was the bar manager that opened Bar Chef, which is like the biggest bar in Toronto for cocktails, like the nicest one. He's the original manager. Uh, it's very clear <laughs> why they don't have him any longer, because he's kind of a piece of work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, totally, for sure. He, like, <laughs> my interview with him, like, just, I just, like, patted him on the head, like, the entire, or the back the whole time, where I was just like, oh, I heard you worked at Bar Chef, and then he just talked for, like, 10 minutes. And then I just kind of like fit in where I was just like, yeah, no, like here I relate to that. And then he was just like, I don't know, just like ask him another question. He would talk for another like 10 minutes. 
Like, it was just full on. Like, he's like, oh, it was, it was pretty bad. Like, looking back now, I'm like, oh, small, holy smokes. Like, how did, obviously, I just, I just kind of rubbed his back the whole way and kind of patted his ego and then just kind of, I literally felt like I had to force my own experiences onto him, even though he was the one interviewing me. Where I was like, oh, let me relate to that real quick. And then he would just be like, yeah, let me tell you this other story about myself. Um, he had some, like, weird Italian yeah. name, and he was just, yeah, it was <laughs> weird, weird Italian name. <laughs> anyway. It fits. And then it, he loved me. He was just like, this is great. He was like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, let's come upstairs to the office. And, like, we chilled. Uh, I think we had, like, a coffee together or something. He's like, we were just, I was like, I got this job. Like, sweet. We can make this Aperol spritz, and then I'm going to go <laughs> <Make> home. <this> money. <laughs> And I'm going to get a job. And you're going to call me right back. And then, uh, yeah, we were, like, having coffee, like, having a great time. Like, so, like, chilling by this point. This is, like, this big Italian bar. Like, they have a whole kitchen upstairs with, like, fancy chefs come in and, like, do these, like, giant presentations. And, like, cocktail bartenders do this as well. It's beautiful, beautiful bar. Um, anyway, so after we have, like, a coffee or – I think we had, like, a coffee. And then we were chilling in these computer desks that every office has. He's like, hey, like – you know, we're getting on to happy hour. Like, I want to have you come down and make a drink. And I was like, yeah, it's time to make the spritz, boys. Like, whatever. <laughs> he hands me a t-shirt. I just, like, I whip it on. He's like, let's go. Like, let's do this. I go down there. We're behind the bar. There's two girls. The girls I was talking to are the one, at least, that I was talking with. Kind of start showing me around. But they're mostly kind of talking to me like I have the job. Or they're like, yeah, like, so no, if we have, like, a regular, like, this sink's kind of broken, whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the normal shit. But, like, watch out here. It's yeah. super tiny behind here. Because it's like a circle bar. Like there's a good amount of seats. Uh, you're wide in the open, but it's like very, very narrow. So they're like giving me the, those kind of details. They're teaching you stuff that's only going to matter if you show up tomorrow. Yeah, right. And, like, and I think they all thought maybe that was what was happening. I don't understand. Well, it obviously didn't go that way. <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah, this sprayer's broken, and uh, this is our regular Jack. Like he likes his drink like this. Like, do you want to make him one? I was like, yeah, whatever. So I started like whipping up a drink. And then maybe halfway through, and they hadn't even like shown me any glassware. They hadn't shown me where their utensils were. They haven't shown me any recipes. Um, I made myself, and I was probably pretty prepared, like way too prepared for like this interview. So I almost memorized all of their Negronis to like impress them. But it turns out they were just all pre-batched, so that was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, that sucks because I could have just been like, "Here, watch this." But no, they're like, "Ah, eh, no, just put that in ice and stir it." But didn't put me in. But didn't put me. Didn't even put me in touch with like any basic details and these poor waiters who are probably very professional at what they do uh, we're coming up I'm, I'm at this point I'm standing in front of the printer aperitivo hour is happening like it's the place went from like you know eight people in it to like there's 80 people in it and they're all ordering negronis because that's what's on aperitivo hour or like this you know like they're Italian wines that I don't know the names of chits are flying in like and I'm just like laying out these chits and I keep looking at the two waitresses, like, I'll step back from this printer. Like, they're like, yeah, just do it. Make what you can. And I was like, should I step back now? Like, so obviously getting very busy for you. Am I done? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, this is an observation. Like, you wanted me to, like, you know, do a couple cocktails, whatever. I've done that. And they're just like, they, they just kind of ignored me. They're like, no, yeah, no, just keep going. And I was like, <laughs> and this was like a thing. And then I asked the manager. She came up. She's like, Kelly, how are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm kind of keeping up right now. Think I'm all right, but I don't know where anything is. Whatever. She's like, "Yeah, keep going." <laughs> I was like, "Well, okay." And I'm, I'm sweating profusely, like through this shirt that they've given me and stuff. Like, anyway, it's it gets all around a bad time. All these like professional waiters are coming up and they're just staring at me, like like they know what's happening, but like 
hey, where's that old fashioned? And I'm like, how do you guys make your old fashioned? They're like, it's with the sugar cube. And I'm like, where are those? And they were like pointing at them, like the waiters were, because there's no one else helping me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was whipping up my own drinks. Like at this point, I'm like, you know, putting bitters in sugar cubes that I found, putting them in glasses on the side, like to have that all ready and like just going all out. I thought I was killing this thing, by the way. I was like, this is, I'm destroying this. This is amazing. I kept up for like 45 minutes of like the busiest time that they have. And then, um, yeah, they, anyway, so they, she finally comes back and she's like, oh yeah, like you did so good. That was amazing. And I'm covered in sweat. I crashed big time. I didn't know where the cups were. They asked me to pour beers and like one of their taps wasn't working. I couldn't find, they have like a 24 ounce, a 22 ounce, a 20 ounce, and they're all like Italian beers, and I didn't know where any of those were. Finally, I'm just like in the weeds so bad that they're just like, just get out of here. That's when you lost it. Yeah, that yes. might have been where I lost it. Actually, and no, I got ahead of myself. I made a Negroni, just a regular Negroni, and a bar manager came up to the well, and I feel like he probably rang that drink in for me, and then he came and grabbed it like it was his. He didn't grab it like he was going to a table, and he tasted it. And then he called for, like, more Campari. So oh, really? Called, yeah, he called for more Campari. Well, what, and what this, this is when you made your... one from scratch. Not this was just a regular... Did you just do it one, one, and one? Yeah, I think this is before I knew there was a pre-batch or something, so I was, like, doing it on my own oh. or something. And then, no, maybe the original was just, like, not made like that or something. Anyway, he called for, like, more. He's like, I need more Campari. And I was like, okay. So, like, yeah, I over-poured, like, a little bit of... I, I actually knew I over-poured, I think, it was, like, the sweet vermouth. Just to... And I usually put, like, I'm usually more light on that, the vermouth, than I would be on, like, either the gin or the campari. And uh, overdid it. Like, I botched it. I'm already, like, in the weeds. You know, I'm making, I think, think I'm making drinks for Apertivo Hour. Not bar chefs, you know, original manager. Personal tasting. And like. came up and with the straw and was, like, dissecting this drink. And then I was like, holy shit, this is getting pretty real. And then he's like, no, I need more campari. So I like came, and I, like I did like my thing where like I dropped it in, and I like grabbed my spoon, and I like stirred it up, and then he like tried it again. He's like, "Give me that bottle," <laughs> and so he, I give him the Campari, and then he put like a drop more in, and then obviously it was like perfecto, a drop, it out. perfecto, <laughs> and then sent it out to the way like whatever it was, or he went over around the corner and like drank it, but like it was like that was at that point this I was is, like, this is like what I think you know when. When someone gets sick and they go to the university hospital and they're all taken care of by, like, students, and, and if I was there, I'd be like, no, I want a real fucking doctor, please. Yeah. But if, so if someone goes to the uh, Apertivo, Apertivo Hour, this place, they know they're just getting get drinks it. made by applicants. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, like, no, I want my drink made by a, a professional bartender, yeah. please. For sure. I didn't but, understand. Yeah, they're only I here during understand. the slow times. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's their, uh, that's their judging board is just all their regulars i couldn't understand that i was sending drinks out to customers that whole time all of these cocktails and lots of them off the book like the pre-batch i get but like old-fashioned whiskey sours like i wasn't asking people i was just like where's the lemon juice and eggs and these girls would just be like the fridge by your left butt and i'd be like <laughs> and i was just whipping shit up like and they were that's what they wanted me to do was just to go hard and like they wanted me to crash so what she they told me after they pulled me off they're like, hey, make me your favorite drink. And I made, like, the Negroni that I would like to have. With my gin, the right sweet vermouth that I like. I just made that at this point because they're still, the bar was still crashing at this point. And they're like, just make me this drink. And I'm, like, trying to stay out of the way of what's happening. It was a very odd experience. Anyway, I whipped this thing up and I just, like, gave it to her. And I'm like, it's simple. It's the way I like my Negronis. That's it. She had it. She's like, it's amazing. I'm like, great. She chugged it. 
Then she's like, come, come with me. She's the hiring manager that's come back, not the bar manager. The other bartenders take over doing whatever they were doing. And uh, we go upstairs and she just explains to me, she's like, you did really well. We like to do this. We, we call this like the, we put you through fire test. Like we want to see you crash. We put you in a position to crash and we want to see how you'll handle it. And I was like, really? Like, that's rude. <laughs> and not to mention like, everyone's drinking those drinks. Like I'm sending, you're sending out, like this is your product. Like you think you need to have, you know what I mean? Like you yeah, haven't told like, me anything. You can't just ask a random dude to make it all fashioned. And then I've asked a waiter how they make it. Cause no one, everyone else is so busy to help me that they can't. So the waiter is like, we make it with a brown sugar cube. You know what I mean? That's like, all he gives you. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay. Is it like, I'm like, is it Jim Beam? This is all I can find. He's like, yeah, Jim Beam. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, so I how, make it like, you know, and it was how good. How big is this place? Like how big is it? Like big, like very, very big. big. So like, there's, yeah. So there's probably like 80 people at that point, but I bet their capacity is like three or 400. They have a second level that wasn't even open that whole time. Wow. Yeah. So massive. And like right on, this is King West, so this is like where all the partying happens. Like this is, many, many people go there. Usually I bet there's, you know, five or six bartenders. There's probably a bar upstairs or two. Yeah, interesting experience. But uh, left there, like just didn't even know. It was, I got on, I remember getting on the train and just been like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, was that a job interview or did I get the job or like, what the fuck? And I remember t I was texting with you and you, you told me that, but then like. I texted like, you from the train. I remember like texting you from the train. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then for like two weeks later, you're like, no, I still haven't heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's fucking rude. And they just keep on getting free labor from. The fact that you didn't even get to keep the shirt. Yeah, I didn't get to keep the shirt. Just... Well, no, that's the, that's the applicant shirt. They just yeah. cycle it through, I bet. Probably. <laughs> Never washed. Well, and then, you know, two months later, I find out I was, like, one of 70, and then she was like, yeah, no, you were in our final cut. And I'm just like, well, I've already got another fucking job, yeah. lady, like... Well, yeah, but know, like, being in the top whatever, it doesn't matter yeah. if you're not going to get that job. Well, and, and I, honestly, I don't even know if I would have gotten a response if I, I went in to see her. I popped in, I was, like, applying at other oh, places, hey, you. and I pulled, <laughs> yeah. like, I pulled, like, I've, this has been long enough, like, tell me yeah. if I got the job or not, and that's when I saw her, like, interviewing more people. And then I finally got like an email after that, like a week later, two weeks later. The, the hypocrisy of this whole situation was, and this is like not offense to like the bartenders that were working there, but the way that he came and judged my Negro, like my Negroni that I put out, uh, in comparison to like what this other the other staff was doing, was like a joke. Where it's like these were clearly beautiful women working behind the bar and. I was just watching them just like free pour shit into cups and using a spoon that they weren't even keeping sanitized and stuff and like and just like throwing drinks out and like because like, it's busy. And if you could, but then she, he was holding me to this other standard, like this like bar chef standard or something. Yeah. So I didn't understand actually to get you off your game. Like you had the right amount of Campari and I don't know. Yeah, like, if you're going to judge a a, a, a cocktail. Don't be like mm, you have a sixteenth of an ounce less yeah. Campari than I prefer. No, you've got to judge something that's different, like, ratio. For what it is, though. I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get that at all. And then just to have the one ingredient. And I knew that I actually overboard the one ingredient, and that's what I said. Yeah. And then he was just like, well, I'm going to fix it. So you got a job now. So I got no job now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely not there. Uh, I haven't been back, actually, but I, I plan to. Yeah, so pre-COVID, you got a job at a nice place. You, you sent me pictures, and it looks, like, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. It's, um, uh, 
It's the Broadview Hotel. It's like a boutique hotel. Broadview? Broad the Broadview Hotel. Okay. So it's an old reformed like hotel slash strip bar from like way back in the day. And some dude spent like twenty million dollars like refurbishing it. Is that where you view all the broad? Sorry? <laughs> anyway. Oh, the broad the broad view? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was the broad view. Yeah. Rumor has it, and I've had some customers tell me that. This is like the, the the reason that there's no tigers allowed downtown at hotels in, in Toronto. Bullshit! It's because they had to make that law. They made that law because some old stripper, I guess she wasn't. She was like an older lady. She had an old tiger that she brought on stage Part with of her. my show. And then it scared so many of the people in the community. Because they kept it out in the trailer for like a week or whatever, and they could hear it like roaring and like see it like walking around like an open trailer in this parking lot of this strip club. I like how you just said, well, that's the reason why there's no uh, tri- uh, yeah. tigers allowed. Like, like, yeah, like, we should all know. Like everywhere is that else, why? Every, every other downtown is allowed tigers. <laughs> I was wondering why there's no tigers allowed well, downtown. Well, you, you might wonder one day. Well, uh, now, not anymore. No, we know. Anyway, it was, they had tigers, they had strippers, it was like a a dive, apparently, like a piece of junk. Like, huh. It was kind of like the park hotel here, like a like a junker. And then some very wealthy man came and like redid this entire hotel, and it's like it's beautiful. Yeah. In a beautiful like up and coming neighborhood now, which is like East Queen Street. <clears throat> and, uh, a gentrified neighborhood. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Up and coming. Anyway, very so you got a job, but do right. you, you might not have that job though. After this, I don't know if I do have that job. Yeah, because it's true. COVID. Yeah. Bad thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. COVID is, are we talking COVID? Is it the podcast? Sure. Well, yeah. COVID like or... We didn't do an intro or anything. This is the no. first podcast since before COVID. And mm-hmm. yes, we, I introduced Kelly Armfordson. There's also uh, Trevor Thomas. <laughs> and there's Bria over there. Just got off shift. Just listening. And there's me, Seth Van Haver, the private red deer. Yes, right here. <clears throat> Do the intros at twenty-eight minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So we we can talk COVID. I mean, there's a lot of things we can talk. We can talk COVID. We can talk BLM. We can talk whatever you want. A lot of shit has happened in the last few months. <laughs> yeah. A lot of shit. It really, really has. I was considering doing some solo COVID podcasts in my house, but I thought, no, I'm just going to get drunk and. <laughs> When I start, when I just start talking, I get opinionated, and then I'm just going to offend someone, and right. it's just, it's not going to be good listening, so I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to script anything, because then it just sounds scripted, yeah. Yeah. and I didn't want to be dad angry in his basement bar yelling. Don't want to be Alex Jones. No, yeah, exactly. I could easily rip it off my shirt. So COVID... So COVID. I was really afraid when it first happened because like, oh, I'm not going to get paid. I don't know what's going on. My kids are all going to starve. And then like two weeks in, I'm like, this rules. I got sure, yeah. Like, well, that's, Go- that's been the dream since day one. Government, please pay me to stay home and play video games. Yeah. Please. I got my mortgage deferred. Did. You know, and we realized how much money we're actually saving because we don't impulse buy at stores. We're not ordering in we're not doing anything and just we two thousand bucks a month and 
Yeah. We're, we're actually able to great, put a little right? aside out of that, right? Like when we're lucky, lucky enough. Yeah, lucky lucky enough to live in a place that does this, right? Like not a lot of places do this for sure. Oh yeah, like, like America and their twelve hundred dollars flat fee. Like, yeah, one no, time. One time. No. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of like the the cards that they all got, like they all got debit cards that like a bajillion of them got lost in the mail or whatever. And no stuff. way, really. Of course. Tons. There's so many count like oh, lots of cases of people like not getting there. They sent them out like little like prepaid visas or whatever. Yeah. And there's just like six hundred thousand complaints. Do they not have direct deposit yeah, in America? I was say. Yeah, no, they sent them out as visa cards. I mean, in the oh. mail. So that the USPS could still keep their jobs. Well, yeah, and Visa gets their, uh, their, oh, yeah. their activation fees. Yeah, okay. And then the certain, uh, you know, red line neighborhoods don't actually get them. And there was a lot of big corporate scamming going, going on during this whole thing. Like, for sure. Well, in the States, for sure. They won't even... Yeah. The big news this week is they're not even releasing where that money's gone, right? Like, they're... Money they're, disappears in America all the time. For sure. And uh, the representative of the White House was just straight up like... We're not going to tell you where that money went. And like, that's embarrassing. It's like, Remember uh, September tenth, uh, two thousand one, when they said, <laughs> "Oops, we lost." Was twenty-seven How trillion? Trillion. Twenty-seven trillion. So look over here. Yeah. So when they do finally say, "Where did that money go?" You don't ask that question, or some buildings are going to fall. Yep. But yeah, we can. We can get on some well, yeah, conspiracies. We, yeah, we can just... Do you want to do that? We can just see where this goes, yeah. Um, well, you had messaged me earlier this week, and you're like, we're getting political. Black Lives Matter, uh, yeah. all well, this stuff. And then I was really charged up, like, a week or two ago. Like, I was, like, staying up angry, messaging all my friends. Like, you watching this live feed right now? They're shooting kids in the head with rubber bullets. Yeah. Um, I've calmed down since. <laughs> I had to, had to make myself calm down because I was... Getting on Twitter and like, I remember like, Twitter's not the place to be right now. No, it's not. And also, as you know, posting some two of my very closest friends are RCMP, and I'm like posting some anti-cop shit. And then there's this other cop that used to come in here for old fashions, and we ended up following each other on Instagram. And then he moved up north, and, and he's all just that's bullshit. Blah 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 blah. And it just I was having full on day long. And like ignoring my kids, so I can get back at this cop who lives three thousand kilometers away. So Inconsequential. Like, yeah, but and they, and it just yeah. it got so heated. And I know it's it's super white privilege to be like, I got angry, so I turned off my apps. Yeah, and now I'm better. You know, not everybody can do that. Not everyone can do that. But I think when I was texting you, I was thinking about like diversity in bartending. There was a few months ago I wanted to do a podcast about women in bartending. And I got Stevie over. Yeah. And this microphone broke. So I had to like, oh shit, panic. And like I broke the cord, panic. And I, so I get the, uh, uh, the app going on my phone. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. It only caught like a smidgen of it. So I'm like, okay, well oh, this yeah. is, we'll do this again another time. Shoot. But she's the only female bartender that I could think of. There's not many, yeah. Yeah, blank stares, right? Yes. And then... I know a couple. Literally. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about, the, like, the people here that do part-time and whatever, but I mean career yeah. bartenders. And then... So that is in Red Deer where... Well, yeah, in oh, Red Deer especially. Like, yeah. I, I know a lot back in Vancouver, obviously, but right. here, I literally can't think of another one. But how many, even in Vancouver, how many non-white I don't, too. 
Two. Two non-white female bartenders that are like, that's their thing. Right. Um, out of all the bartenders in that whole city. That's Which wow. is a lot. Jesus. And there, like, if you look at, like, I follow a lot of bartenders and a lot of bars on Instagram. And there's, you know, like I said, Samantha Kasuga earlier. And there's a few, I, I, I sh- should say, like, big name people. Oh, oh that, that's nice. <laughs> No, it's haunted. It's haunted. We're in the haunted blockbuster. (laughs) Is that Um, what this used to be? be Oh, yeah. No, it totally was. And do you know that this corner right here where we are used to be the saloon? The The porn section. The porn section. Yeah. So interesting. Anyway. um, (laughs) I feel that energy right now. There are a few, like... Non-white bartenders, like there's Eric Castro, who I really look up, look up to. I think he's awesome. And there's, you know, uh, Jesse Fita and really drawing a blank. Like, it's a very white-centric career. And everyone is all about um, inclusivity and diversity. But I think it's, it's not because I, I don't know if it's people – I'm not talking about Red Deer because – Ridger doesn't have a diverse talent pool to draw from. I'm talking about people I see online in big cities, and it is it because there's not a lot of applicants, or is it because they actually the owners are rooted in white supremacy and don't want their white customers to be served by black people? That's interesting. Or, like, or is it people that the color. applicants think that so they don't even bother? Don't even bother. Right. Right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Like I feel like, or are we like the default? Well, we are. Yeah, we're like, you know, we're like the, the white bread, we're the wonder bread, you know, like, if you don't want to offend somebody, it's like, mm-hmm. you put a white person behind the bar. White smile. Yeah. Sake, Just right? like right. Getty image stock way, photo bartender. Yeah. It's a white guy grinning. Exactly, yeah. You sure. worked your way up from dishwasher. I did. How many bars have dishwashers that are not white and say, hey, can I learn how to bartend? Zero. No. No. Sorry. Like, they're mm-hmm. kitchen people. Yeah, you're they kitchen stay people there. for life. Interesting. Man, this is like a new world for me to even think about. I didn't realize that. Well, obviously, like, you know, learning about this during the whole movement is important, too, but I didn't realize that, you know, my job could be directly impacted by just the way I look, which is... Yeah, because, yeah. like, could you be taking a job away from a person of color? It's insane, yeah. yeah. When, I, when I was there and washing dishes, we had a cook in the kitchen who's Mexican, and he had been asking to bartend for, like, years, and then I'm in there for six months... And start bartending, and he hated me for it. For sure. Like, but like, they I asked bet. me to. Like, well, like I'm our, sorry, but well, yeah, yeah. And our positions are like obviously serving, bartending. Like they're sadly based on looks at some point. Like where you you're presenting yourself, right? Like the way we do our job. Looks, you know, have a huge part in lots of jobs in our industry, right? Like mm-hmm. not a lot of old yeah. people. There's not a lot. There's a lot of young. <laughs> Well, like, that's the thing, like, all I could think during COVID was, like, I just want to go sit down somewhere and get a beer from a pretty girl. Exactly, right? Or whatever. Like, I mean, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And around here, absolutely. How many, you know, men around here do you just know think that, right? Right here, rural Alberta, like, it's, it's very, yeah, give me that skimpy outfit, like, Hooters, you know what I mean? Like, there's franchises that make a living doing that. Yes. Alone, right? So, but uh, I didn't take skin color as seriously I don't think in my job anyway well you think as it could have been 
like I know movies are never something you can base anything off of, but look at the old movies like Casablanca. You know, like the the servers are always black. You know, because they're the the yes sir, yeah, the staff. yes sir master. You know, the the staff, the the help. Yeah. Um, and then it just morphed into. I I don't know if I don't know the eras. But if, I would really like to look into this because I don't know if it's prohibition where. U.S. Prohibition, all the good bartenders went to Europe and to, like, Cuba and elsewhere. So then they probably pushed out a lot of jobs of people of color. And then uh, after, it's, you know, the when you see, like, a Casablanca, it's the, yes, sir, what can I do for you? And then after, it's, yes, sir, what can I get for you today? You like the and then, <laughs> and then so then it's kind of like you turned it into uh, the bartender and the server are they they go from being the help to the knowledgeable they're directing your experience yeah they're directing your experience and then so wouldn't white supremacy say a person of color can't give me that experience because they're not no more knowledgeable than me. I don't know. It's a bold move to like put yourself in the place of obviously a very racist person. Yeah. To even ask that question, which is good. But yeah, I mean like that's crazy, crazy accurate, I think. Yeah. What you're saying as well. But I would, when you go back to Toronto, you should look around, go to bars, go to the various places right. and see what, what the staff look like. Anyway, okay. because Toronto... Isn't it the yeah. most diverse city in the world? They say. So they, I think they claim. They maybe. claim because more than fifty percent are not born in Canada. Right. That's a good call. I mean, that'd be a very interesting to see, like the numbers, like the raw numbers. So, you know. Yeah. If it'd be nuts. If however many people in Toronto are not like white, white. Right. And however many bartenders percentage ratio. Absolutely. That'd be, be super interesting to to think about. For me, like I just can't get off like like we just have to be the default option, right? Like I mean, you put a white dude behind the bar and you just don't offend anyone. It's the same way that restaurants should well, but, never get. But you do though. Well, you might. But, but like, you, you don't you offend can. white people. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, true. The, yeah, I guess the majority. Right. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's you know, it's just that safe play to make. When, you know what I mean? Like when you're. Yeah, it's a conservative move. Like, well, yeah, we're not going to step on toes here. Well, that we're not is... going to be edgy. Just going to be that is why every corporation, every business has white people in upper management or faces because they don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. You don't for want sure. to. Well, I, like in my, in my head, I just I didn't ever think that that ever came into play for my job because I just thought I was earning them all. That's, you know what I mean? Well, that's because you're a white male, exactly. You know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. And like, you know, it's it's I always thought like my skills and like what I've been trying so hard to do spoke for itself, whatever. But I didn't realize there might be somebody on the other end making that decision, which is nuts because there probably is. And, you know, in a franchise place, like many of us have worked, like there's somebody making that decision to be like, are we hiring this person? And they're just like, they might not have to say it, but it's either yes or a no. And it, it could be a very, very based on race mm-hmm. and uh, the safe play or whatever you might want to do. And around here, obviously, having just a white person, like there's a lot of bigotry in Alberta, I feel like. Oh, more than a lot of other places. It's the more I talk to people here, the more I realize why I left in the first place. Like, it's bad, man. Like, it's really bad. It's frustrating. It gives me a headache. 
literally does. For sure. Mm-hmm. But that was like the, that thing that clicked in my brain was just like, yeah, there's somebody in that franchise or there's somebody in that company making that actual sitting behind a desk somewhere decision. Well, you know what I mean, like saying yes, saying no, and when it comes down to it, like you could probably just pass the buck a million times about experience or whatever, and it, it doesn't become openly a racist act or about race at all mm-hmm. until somebody has to make that decision and be like no or yes to like no, but then, an applicant or whatever. But like you hear those stories of like. A black mother will name her son Jeffrey, like J-E-F-F, because she knows that in a pile of resumes, you know, Daquan is going to get shifted to the side, but Jeffrey will get a call. For sure. Yeah. Like, that's sad that she has to do that. Mm-hmm. But. And your girlfriend works for Añejo. Yeah. Which is a, a Mexican tequila taco bar, started in Calgary, and then... It got bought out by corporate. So I, I'm curious how many people of Latin descent work at Añejo. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the, just the appropriation of, uh, yes, our tequila bar, which with tacos and these Mexican skulls everywhere. A and white person the, explaining the tacos to me. Just I can't get behind that. Like, well, it's one yeah. of those things. Like, and this company is like they'll they'll spend so much time explaining their tequilas to you. Like these people, like their staff and the way they treat them and the way they, you know, that they've provided a lot of education to their staff. It's been very, it's amazing. Like my girlfriend went from not drinking tequila to like, I put a bottle of tequila like in the cart and like, she was just like, no, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get that the fuck out of that cart. Like, that is, you're embarrassing me right now. Like, in the tequila aisle. I was like, what? Like, this is, <laughs> she was thoroughly embarrassed. And then, you know, you know, put a different bottle in. And then explains a whole lot of the difference about uh, like the way it was made, the way you know the way, which region in Mexico that it was made, uh, the kilns that they dug, the trees or the plants, you know the agave plants they used, um, and it like I'm super distracted for a second. Well, he's distracting. That's the pride of red deer right there. Pride red deer pour another beer. Um, but yeah, she went from this. Uh, <laughs> You could have just kept on going. Yeah, no, we, we, are I, we tried. I lost my train of thought as soon as I was like, yeah, I'd like another beer. It was, got very weird for me. Trevor, what are you drinking? What do you got? Anything. What about Joe Rogan? Uh, I'd love to have a debate about Joe Rogan right now, the way he's acting. A fool. Well, I haven't watched his for a while. He's embarrassing. He's what? embarrassing his... Because Joe Rogan, and he's, and he's got the biggest podcast in the world, and obviously his... Has a lot of MMA on his show, but he's also like a very free thinker. But he's also like a very, you know, just a flesh out some things. And he'll bring anybody on. And he'll bring anyone on and have a great discussion yeah. for the most part. But lately, he's been like very, like, putting out like very, you know, pro-Trump, anti-pandemic vibes. No. Like, what? Joe Rogan, really? Oh yeah, he literally said that wearing a mask is being a bitch. He's Ooh. like, you don't wear a mask in a pandemic because you don't want to be a bitch. Okay, well, like. Do. Three months ago, him and Duncan Trussell are wearing ghillie suits in the studio, like fully geared up. And I don't know. That's the thing, though. Like this drags on long enough, and everybody starts forming their own opinions about it because they have Facebook. Right. And they think they're educated because memes with no cited sources means quality information, apparently. 
or even headlines in major well, publications. Oh, people don't be people don't actually game. click the links. They read the headline, look at the picture, which yeah, could read. be from a completely different story, and now I know something about that. Yeah. Well, the, the last time he spoke about it, he literally was talking to Bill Burr, and Bill Burr was literally called him out on it. He said, I'm not going to listen to... He's like, let's not go there. Like, we're talking about masks about in the, the pandemic, and obviously Joe Rogan was like... <laughs> Let's bring up this whole pandemic thing. And then Bill Burr was like, let's not do this right now because he knows he's going to get in an argument. Yeah. And then Joe was like smoking a cigar. American flags right behind him. And he's like, let's get into it. And that's what he said. Do you think he's doing that just to rile Bill Burr up because that's what people want to see? I know. I think he was just being narcissistic at this point. But Bill Burr was just like, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you with no med- medical degree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listening to me about no medical degree. We're not going to talk about this. You're sitting there smoking a cigar with this giant flag in the background. Like, we're not the experts. There's like, don't a human okay. comment section. Yeah, you're you're literally, and it, you know, I think the great thing about <clears throat> Joe Rogan is he never took himself that seriously anyhow, right? Mm-hmm. And, but uh, you know, he's he's been very public about when he was always willing to have his mind changed. Yeah, and he he feels a lot less likely to do so lately. I used to be a listener, and like now I can't even listen to him. He's he's changed his tone quite a bit. Okay, so trying to be a devil's advocate. I guess. Alberta, a bunch of Edmonton doctors started a petition to get masks mandatory everywhere. Right. And we are in Red Deer, 100,000 people, zero cases. There's been zero cases for about a week. So Alberta-wide, if we have to wear a mask every day, I know know there's a pandemic. Right. But we in a city that we don't get a lot of tourists... Because we're red deer, um, we get we get like working people, business people on yeah. trips or whatever. Um, but it, I, who knows what level that's at? Because we now we know we get a lot of American oil people and stuff. But why do we have to wear masks out when there's zero cases here? So it stays at zero cases. There you go. To okay. play the advocate for the other side. No, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm okay. And, but, like, that's something that's been really riling me up lately because a lot of people I talk to that COVID was a hoax. It's not mm-hmm. real because they don't see the effects of it because the measures we've been doing work. And so because they work, they think we don't need to do it in the first place. And geographically, like, Red Deer is a great place to be during one of these events. Oh, it's... This is one of the best places because if you were ever, I mean, we had this huge issue with a lot of, you know, my girlfriend's family members, her friends, they didn't understand the precautions that we would take because in Toronto, if we are going to get groceries, like we have our COVID clothing, which we have an entire like lane in our house, basically that just goes to this corner where if we go outside, those are the clothes we wear until we wash them with distance, you know, disinfectant, uh, detergent uh so like we put that stuff on once we put that on like we don't touch anything we're out the door we don't touch our face like we're masks on we're waiting in a line for three or four hours we're seeing hundreds of people on the street like it's just you know what i mean like mm-hmm. even downtown like it's it's nuts you're waiting out like in a line for four hours to get into costco you buy your we were buying so much food just like because it's so painful to go out like that but in a situation like that, like, we felt so trapped in our apartment because I couldn't leave my apartment without, like, seeing somebody down the hallway. Like, what am I going to do? Like, duck back in? Like, I did multiple times. Right? Like, you going out? Like, fuck that. You go by and then I'll go. You know what I mean? Like, and then I have to go down an elevator. I live in a building full of hundreds or thousands of people. 
I know every button I touch. Hundreds of thousands of people in your house? Hundreds, <laughs> hundreds, hundreds or thousands. <laughs> hundreds or thousands. Yeah. Hundreds or thousands. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've never been to Toronto. It could be a big building. It's a big yeah. building. Yeah, it's big right. building. Some big buildings. Oh, there's probably like 40. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a totally different experience. And I think, and from what I've talked to like the people that I know that have lived there, the difference has been that most people in Toronto know somebody that has got it, where here you might not. I have not talked to one person Same. that knows anybody who got it. I like got it. So it's very easy. Shut up. Really? Oh, she lives in Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Really? Is she okay now? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? She's no symptoms, but she did test positive and quarantined for two weeks, sitting in her little mm-hmm. old person apartment, staring out the window. Oh, really? Yeah, good and then everything was fine, but... That so, is a case so of it that I know. I would be open to masks. Sure, if you want to do masks, everyone masks. But I I have a real problem right now when I, myself and the five, maybe three other servers. You guys have to wear them on shift? Yeah. yeah. Cooks don't. People who come in don't. So four of us have to wear a mask. And we, we're technically 100, uh, half capacity, but... It's more like about 85 people in here not having masks. Those people are coming from out there. I don't know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. They could, there's, there's travelers. They could be coming from Calgary. That's all. It's not a real safety measure. It's an image thing. Because if the kitchen kitchen was doing it, then it's a safety measure. But if it's just front of house staff, you come in, you see that, you feel a certain way about it. It's just a perception thing yeah. yeah so that's when i start thinking well this is absolute fucking bullshit because well, i can just take off my mask and go sit with a table and that's fine yeah you if know, i'm not just, within six yeah. feet of somebody i'm yeah. taking off my mask yeah it's well, a, and it's cool i, yeah, I kind of like wearing mine like, I, Do you I actually know? like what i look good in it. it's <laughs> black <laughs> yeah, kind of goes with my whole thing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so yo like, i'm actually getting i'm getting some made and i hope you'll buy one because yeah. i got a really witty thing and say, give me space. <laughs> <laughs> so just like going back to kind of like what I was trying to get to before was it's totally different in Toronto. We had such a hard time explaining our experience to people from here because everyone that I know in Toronto has an aunt or an uncle or a grandpa, grandma that got it because there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in Toronto that got it. Tons of people got it. Been just really well Massive amounts here. of people. Like more people that are in this town probably got Rona in Toronto, you know right. I mean? like more than this entire town. Oh, yeah. So it's a and it's a different, it's a total different game. As soon as we drove out of the GTA, it was like holy, fuck, I was like in a different planet. But everyone there takes it so much more seriously. Everyone there knows somebody that got it because I was confused. I just don't know anyone there, right? So I kind of reached out to some of my coworkers, whatever, and they're like, and I've heard, I've read about reports about how everyone in New York is so super respectful about wearing masks about being safe and they're taking precautions it's because they got hit so fucking bad like 50,000 people or mm. what, is, what is it now like I'm not sure what the death toll is in New, in New York but itself like they know what it could be right? or what and it, then what it is and what it is already yeah. like they were literally having a hard time trucking the bodies out of New York like you, mm. you, that spreads a long ways so when you live in a place like this you're just not going to get the same experience when you live in a place like Toronto, like when, you, like I've seen my neighbors, the fear in their eyes, like when they look at me and they're like running into me in the hallway, I'm like an old person or whatever, right? And I'm, I'm this nice. I had N95 mask right off the bat, so I was like, whatever, yeah, let's good. do this shit. 
and like they'd look at me and they just like they were terrified like these older people like walk into my building like they had to or the people in the grocery store it was a different experience and it's also you you can't avoid the germs in Toronto like you can't go and get your groceries like you can here like you have to wait I waited in a lineup that was bigger than this entire complex just to get into a Costco it took me like five hours you know what I mean like and what, once you're inside the store, do people still follow those measures in the store? Very much so, yeah. Because it it's here, it's a lot of places set up the waiting outside, you know, yeah. distance waiting spots. But then once you're in, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck? No, in there, yeah. like, it was very, it was very, and you, it was a mixed match. You'd get like the asshole that like would walk by and you'd be like, fuck off, like get, just wait a second. You know what I mean? Like, Why are you special? They're only letting, and they're only letting like 50 people in the store. Like get the fuck out of here. Like there's no one in here, right? Like. Everyone's waiting around the block to get in the store. You, you know? can like, wait for this aisle to be. Yeah, closed. you don't have to fucking walk two feet by me or whatever. Like I think when we were locked down, uh, the first store I went to was Canadian Tire because my minivan ran out of um, headlights. So I'm like, okay, well I can't I can't go by with one, so yeah, I need it. So going in, I'm looking for him, and I'm just like right up on the looking at the numbers on the thing, and there's. Uh, staff member who's you know 60s he's like talking to some other guy yeah it's right over here and he's like literally reaching over my shoulder and pick something off and I'm just frozen like yeah are you supposed <laughs> to not be six feet yeah but he just doesn't give a shit so I'm like well, this is what it's like I thought it was all like scary lockdown but yeah. it's just business yeah. as usual here yeah, you know? yeah for sure I think the difference is huge, and I think it's also just that, like, measure of, because there's not a lot of cases here, and it's not, like, no one should expect these people, I think the regional openings are smart, because not every place is the same, because I guarantee you, if I put you in my, where I lived for a week, you'd be like, holy fuck, (laughs) like, you would immediately be doing what I was doing, which was buying sanitizer by the leader, leaving the house with it at all, every time, and then, like, we would take our clothes off, like we'd go, we'd wipe down all our groceries, all of our clothes. As soon as we got in the house, we'd walk in, we'd like strip down, them up like, immediately. Yeah, and then the and then sani, and then do that, and then wash all our groceries before we ate it. But I mean, they're talking to a place that had more cases than a place like this has yeah, people. The whole population. You know what I mean? So it's it's so much different. Where it's and then also those places are they're trying to be smart. They're, they're putting up maps of where people are getting these these things from. There was reports from both of the closest liquor store to my house of employees getting it. You know what I mean? Like, so how do you ever buy a beer again? Or a grocery? Or whatever. Um, and, you know, you just know it's all around you. You know it's all around you. Where here, you're just, you're like, it's probably not around me. Yeah. There, you're like, it's around me. I know it's but around like, me. But, like, it could be around. And the half-ass measures, like, doing it to a certain point and then doing something that completely negates everything else you've been doing. Like, I think the first store I went to during COVID, like, I ran out of smokes, like, a week and a half in. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to wait till like, 3.30 in the morning. I'm yeah. going to 7-Eleven. It's, like, a Tuesday night. It's going to be fucking dead. It's I'm perfect. Get a so I go in. They got their plexiglass shields. They got the little waiting spots on the floor. I'm like, oh, I kind of want some wine gums. So I'm, like, in the aisle. And then these two teenagers come in from either end of the aisle. I'm, like, trapped in there. I'm like... You guys yeah. might not be taking this seriously right now, but I would like to. So please get the fuck out of my way. And then these kids are like grabbing shit, coming up to the front counter. Oh, they can't pay. So they're like touching all this merchandise, and then going putting it back on the shelves because they don't have money. Like, what's okay. the point? Mm. No, it's true. I mean, you can't avoid it forever. Like, that's the thing. 
and the biggest thing like we're talking COVID. I mean, I've had two COVID tests. <laughs> like uh, the biggest thing through all my research, and not even like and driving out here from Ontario, where there's it's like driving. Like, you know, no one no one wants them people from Wuhan, China, driving to fucking Beijing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no. <laughs> No one's gonna be like, yeah, let them come. You know what I mean? Like, if they're being unsafe, like, no, one, no everyone's gonna be like, no, shut that shit down. Do you yeah. know, like keep like an Alberta license plate just so you could like slap we it as soon as you get out of the city? We still had it, so that was funny. We never got our Ontario plate, so we were lucky. But, nice. but it was like a huge moral thing for us to figure out the best way that we could possibly come here, like so, respectfully of yeah. other people. So we actually went out. We did our full thing, like our gauntlet round of food and whatever. We drove into a lineup for five hours to wait to get tested for COVID. Even though we knew we had no symptoms, whatever. But tests were at that point that they weren't like a commodity. So we were like, they were like, come down here. You, you want to get well. tested? You can. You can get tested. So we, we went down there and got tested. And then we just like stayed in our apartment for two days till we got our results. And this is after actually, and then we sprayed our car down. Like we did the full, like, like a gauntlet cleaning, like a insanity, like crazy measures. And then we got in our car, as soon as our results were like, you don't have COVID, we got in our car and we came here, mm. which was like, it made us feel better because obviously you don't want to start that kind of pandemic, whatever. You don't want to bring any disease with yeah. you. Yeah. But it was crazy the measures it, it was to get to that. You can never get to 0%. That's what we learned is even if you test negative for having COVID, it doesn't mean you don't have COVID. It just means it hasn't incubated enough in your body to not to test for it. it means the nurse might not. not have applied the test properly. Or that is another option as well. But, I mean, even tests say that they're, at the start, the first day of testing for COVID-19 was like a less than 0%. Like they, were, they threw it all out because it was all fucked. Um, but if you're, because the incubation period can be up to 14 days, if you're not showing, it's, the tests are more likely to show your symptoms or to, to test positive because of your symptoms, what they're learning now. Like they're, they're finding out that like not everyone that gets tested, they could still have COVID and test negative, yeah. which is like a new thing which is why we were kind of like, well, fuck, like, then how do we come here safe? How do you know anything? Yeah, exactly. So how do you, how do you ever get it down to 0%, which we were like, you know, we were stripping down, like we were getting naked in Toronto, sanitizer, like just in the pits. We were, we were doing everything we could, whatever you wanted, we were doing it. We just weren't leaving our house like forever. Uh, and then coming here. So we came up with that thing where we got tested out there, got all our food, drove here, like wore gloves and like in the middle of fucking Manitoba where no one gave a shit. There's no cases anywhere. I'm like double gloved, like N95 mask, like hazmat suit pumping Probably gas. scaring the shit out of everybody yeah, some, in town there. And it's some, for gas and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> it's here. It. Like, like when they come in ET and like box up the house, like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh man, like this, the full serve guy comes to yeah. like the, the window and I'm like, get out. Like, I got this one. Yeah. I got this one. I got gloves. Don't worry. And I'm like, sand it. I'm spraying shit. I got Lysol and fucking gloves all over. I'm just like, I'm not touching a single surface on the way out here. Like, I didn't have to take a shit till Stether. That's a long way from Toronto. That's a long way to go. That's a long way to go. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's two and a half days. That's how, like, we were just taking it that seriously. Like, we're like, we're not going to fucking bring this shit here. You know no, I mean? but, like... We slept in our car. I like, appreciate we brought our you own took food. it that serious. Yeah, and, like, that's how seriously you have to take it to, like, make sure this shit doesn't go places, you know? And that still wasn't 100%. That wasn't even close. And then we got tested when we were here and quarantined when we were here. And that still wasn't 100%. Yeah. And so it made me... It kind of changed my mindset because I, was, I wasn't I was afraid of getting sick. 
I'm afraid of getting other people sick. Well, that's the thing, because a lot of the people here, their whole mentality is selfish about it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about getting COVID, so fuck all these rules. But, like, it's not about you. Like, the studies show, like, 20-something relatively athletic people are going to be fucking fine. Your grandpa's not. Exactly. That's that's the whole thing. Have you seen the way these they ravish these long term care homes? It's the saddest thing of oh, all time. Just wiping them out. This is like we're gonna see. Like, like a they're gonna make level. movies like, about this. Like this is nuts. insane. There's like been in Italy they left all those people like an entire home of people left alive. They left them to die. It's like the Black Death. Like, oh, it's you like uh, Hurricane Katrina when they just left all those. Yeah. Because you, like, how do you save all the people in wheelchairs from drowning? You can't. Like, can't wheel them all up if you're a couple dudes or whatever. Yeah. So, Jimin opened up his new restaurant. And uh, you should go when you're here. Where's that? Uh, North End, uh, where Ricky's used to be. Um, in the little... The corner there. Yeah. yeah. The Humpty's. It used to be Humpty's, and then it was Ricky's. Oh, shoot. Now it's Jimin's International Buffet. Oh, really? International yeah. Buffet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's a buffet open now. Like that? They get they got the green light for a buffet. You can do a buffet? So, I was I went I, I made up his uh, cocktail menu and trained up his bartenders because Brent from here is his GM. Oh yeah, and general manager, nice. Brent's yeah, Brent's awesome dude. Yes. So I, I, I was talking to him about the masks and like that's fucking masks, man. Like I just can't wait for maybe the next phase when they're gone. He's like, no. When we were getting our food license, the uh, health inspector said expect these masks to be on until the vaccine comes which could be like a year yeah now. i i fully expect to wear this until so what's the future of bartending right like a, a year or two ago in california they tried they made all bartenders wear gloves and <clears throat> use tongs for garnishes oh my god bane of my existence right now putting a lime on the rim of a cup with these little it's like chopsticks. And just, just squirting See, all you over guys the do place. that, yeah? Oh my god! And like, so that didn't the, last long. The anyway. trying to grab straws with it, and flying all over. The place. It didn't last long. It lasted like a couple months, and then they kind of like the law said, "Okay, well, this is not feasible. It's not yeah. doable." What do you think is going to change in bartending and serving in the restaurant industry? You know, because like I will, be, I'll be straight up with you right now. We're in Red Deer, so there's not a lot going on, but. I would say the only thing changed is masks and distancing of tables. I think those will go back to normal. We will be able to uncover our faces and get close to people, but I think the use of disinfectant will stay. Well, good. Yeah, sure. Like, because we are literally like, an order comes in, this is for this table, you get another order on your same screen for another table, like literally a touch a cup, if I'm... About to touch another cup, spritz. Yeah. Then grab a new cup. Like between you every spritz. Six. Oh, but by I the keep, way, by I, the way, tell everyone that you guys are the only place. We are. In the world we are that use screens and not chits. Yeah. Yeah. So also, but every time I touch the screen, I gotta wipe it down too. Like we are going above and beyond. Which honestly, I'm happy we are. Like I'd rather be on that side of it than the other side and mm-hmm. learn shit the hard way. Which mm-hmm. Alberta might. We'll see. Yeah. You never know. Like. Well, I feel like people like people here are actually taking it, you know, for for being zero cases. People here are taking it pretty seriously. Well, that's how you stay at zero. Exactly, yeah, that, and that's crazy. But which, you know, I think a lot of people, especially like in big cities, like they're like, oh, no one's taking this seriously, and they see the news reports of people going out and stuff. But like, 
for months, man. Like, no one was out. Like, driving in downtown Toronto, man, like, I drove those streets. It was fucking really? barren. Yeah, it was barren. It was barren. I'd go out and drive at night just for, like, something to well, do. Well, me too. Like, that's stay. the only way to keep your sanity, like, locked in my yeah. house with my family. Like, well, there's street thank street. God I had a car. and I would get out but like there was one night I was maybe like two weeks in I was driving through downtown Red Deer and like the empty streets didn't last long here like people went back to life pretty quick but there was one night I'm driving through and it was I was the only car on the road and I was like the last time I saw this I was in Beijing during SARS and the city the city city was empty like we were in Tiananmen Square the only people out like it was a ghost town it's nuts had a little flashback to that. Was like, oh, That's crazy, man. So I was talking to uh, Jonesy. Jonesy was in tonight. Go in. And I was talking to him tonight. Like, I know uh, COVID killed a lot of people. And sucks. Sorry. But um, <laughs> the amount of people that have we've saved from, like, the lack of travel. You know how many people have not died in car accidents because of, mm. um, like, working from home or just staying in you know we're we're probably up yeah but i don't know like it's i'm not saying so like that's, that's, a, that's a the effects of us staying home have been insane like well, being able to see across the la skyline all the way yeah but i mean and then that, that goes into like years. how many the, the insurance companies are just their profits are yeah. above yeah board because yeah. No they don't have to pay the out yeah well, maybe this would be, like, a good thing, though. Like, if people can work at home, why not work at home? Why do you have to go into an office? Because people want to go back to right. what sure. they defined as normal No, but it's, it shouldn't be normal. Like, no, exactly. Thank to you. To me, I'm like, that's corporate people control. Don't, people don't not to be like conspiracy yeah. theory about it, but that's corporate no, controlling you. Like, yeah. they don't want you working at home and making your own hours. Let the dollar circulate. Like, Stop at the store on your way to work. Yeah. Buy some. Burn that fuel sure. on the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I want them, uh, personally, I want them to... Work from home mm-hmm. and get a little sick of it, and then go meet their friends at the bar and have some drinks well, here. Like there's, there yeah. should be, like, we should go somewhat back to the way we were. But like, you're realizing that, and I've been saying this for a long time. Like Rio, I don't know if you know Rio. He works mm-hmm. for the Advocate. Uh, I've been telling him for years. It's dead media. Everybody in your office is completely useless. Like your administrator, <laughs> just she spends her days. She's been busy because the newspaper making jobs to keep other people busy for 40 hours a week and like you're all expendable like it doesn't matter what you do and sure enough when the shit came down they stripped their entire staff there's four people left in that whole building he was one of them what and everybody else got completely laid off because what, is, what does he do he's like, graphic so- graphic layout oh really okay yeah. there you go um, but like that's the whole thing like most people's jobs didn't matter at all like mm-hmm. what were you doing nothing mm-hmm. what did you contribute that's nothing nuts. so in order to keep people occupied, I don't know, we're going to have to get creative. I think in a city of 100,000 people, which is a good base number, essential jobs, I would say there's essential jobs. Ascent, like essential. essential jobs, I'd say there's maybe topping out of 1,000. Like jobs that you cannot do without. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking the stock boy at Savon who gets a job because that's an essential business. No, like, at the end of the day, I can put my own vegetables in my own bag. Exactly. I think everyone's job, I think everyone's job is just 
feeding another job, someone else's job, and it's oh, just totally. a cycle it's, of oh, yeah. capitalism, Keeping right? Keeping other people busy to keep you busy to keep the yeah. dollar moving. Yes, exactly. So if you're you were... Your, you're add, add your little thing to it, and then you're doing something else, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not very different. If you were 400 years ago in a, in a village, if you're the blacksmith or the, the leather worker or the whatever... You have to keep your job. But here, like, like you go there and you're like, well, I could be the middleman between you and him. Well, we don't but need But why? Yeah. We don't need you. I'm going to be the middleman between your middleman and this middleman, and that's what we are now. Yeah. The scapulism, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm a middleman because, like, I can I can pour your beer. Well, why don't I just go to the brewer and get yeah. a beer? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they make beer in bottles. I know yeah. how to Because I'm wearing a suit, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. I look, I look yeah. nice, dude. I'm yeah. white. Before I dropped out of university, I was taking this anthro class and they were talking about how like the indigenous peoples of North America, before we got here, they didn't work very hard. Like they worked when they were hungry. They're like, yeah. all right, rally a squad. Let's go kill enough food for two months and then let's do nothing. Leisure activities. Let's yeah. bead things. Let's create stories. Let's, you know, do whatever. It doesn't matter. And then white people come and it's literally just be busy all the time yeah. and that is the standard for measuring productivity just how busy you are during the day but like what are you doing why do we have to work 40 hours a week why do we have to work i know to, why to can't live? you just get like, your shit done and then yeah. be done for the week you know like and not to bring like you know like socialism or communism but like why do we have to work 40 hours a week to just barely no, make our mortgage get, maybe we should be taking care of we should be we looking at the tasks that work. need to be accomplished yeah once the tasks are done Take Everybody care of gets people. free time. Yeah, take care of your people. People are happier when they work less. Well, that's, that was the whole better. point of this antho lecture. Yeah. It's like people's general happiness was yeah. at an all-time high. And the more industrialized, the more hours we're working per week, we think productivity leads to more money, leads to more happiness. But in general, the average happiness is going so down, and down and down yeah. and down and down and down and down. For sure. It's very smart. Like, it's... It, it, this is going to add a lot of questions to like a universal basic income. Yeah. A lot of questions about our work weeks, and it's yeah. super smart. That those kind those kinds of things, I think they must have came from, or this is my best guess, is when you're going to like assembly line something. Industrialization, pretty much. Yeah, like when industrialization came, like you yeah. need somebody to put in every rivet. You need a screw punched every time, and then you you know you're finally like putting that into like a giant efficient system. And then it's like, you've made those shifts. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, yeah, you're the screw guy. You're this, this yeah. guy. You're this guy. I this flatten moves, those rivets so damn well, good. That's this thing moves down the line. You do your part of the job at one point, and you don't fucking miss. Like, that's the point. That's why we can sell our product at this price, because this is what we're doing. But we're finding out now, with this day and age, that a lot of things are not built that way. No, they're not. Mm. Not even vehicles, probably. Yeah. Automation, oh, all that kind of shit. So when universal basic income like becomes a huge conversation, which I think it should, well, it should. Mm-hmm, I agree. within some governments, I think it's very smart. Um, and once you find out the productivity is not being lost and that a lot of these jobs or whatever can pivot or whatever, like imagine making efficient that machine where you, like you said, like the newspaper lost like almost all their people. Like, and they're still putting out the newspaper. And there's the yes. newspaper. Four and people in the building so compared have, to like, extra, I think they had 160. So you have those extra people and then imagine wow. making efficient other things. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't you just find your own needs? Like, can we not at the same time with a universal basic income? Like, imagine providing this all for your people 
and being like, just go find your thing. Or Do whatever, whatever right? On. Those people that got laid off, like, just find yeah. your thing. Like, would we not all find a fucking spoke of the wheel? That we could be productive in. Yeah. And then be... Kind of get you But then obviously, like, old white money do? is going to be like, well, there's people that are just oh. going to sit at home and smoke dope. Whatever. Who cares? Thank you. Yeah, because, yeah. like, eventually, like, that's what I did for the first yeah. few weeks of COVID. I just sat at home and smoked dope. And then I got bored of it. And I think you yeah. should because I was talking to um, um, Alta, Alta downtown. Noel. Noel, he moved, but I went and bought a... Ordered shoes online. Right. And his mom... Is talking about they got all their windows smashed up because wow. downtown Red Deer is you know riddled with crime. Um, but they <laughs> had like Red Deer's ghetto, nice <laughs> they had two pairs of shoes stolen. And she's like, If someone wanted two pairs of shoes, I would have given you two pairs, of yeah. Shoes. Yeah, like, yeah, break my but, windows for it, yeah, but, yeah. So everyone complains about downtown crime, but if you had a universal basic income, yeah, you would like you could, I don't care what you, what you do with it, you go. You know, snort it, get your drugs. But yeah. if you have a universal basic income, you can go get your whatever, yeah. and you're you not going to break shit. Have a roof over exactly. your head. You and can have somewhere to shower. The, the, somewhere the to fight for a long time has been like, well, where are we going to find the money? Where are we going to take that money from? But oh. here's the thing: no. it, until you have to do it, you do something radical. Solutions will yeah. present themselves. Like we didn't think we could do it until everybody had to stay home and get paid. And guess and we what? Can do it. We found the goddamn money. It's yeah. redirecting yeah. your money. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but budget. people are scared to take yeah. that step into the unknown. Like, if I'm paying Steps. all this into taxes, I'm working my 40-hour work week, I'm doing everything I need to do to be this perfect citizen, pay my bills, blah, blah, blah. Why shouldn't I be taken care of Same when way. a national crisis happens? Exactly. Because we've been taking care of them. And Exactly. Like I Everyone I talked to was very happy during the COVID holiday. Because they're getting COVID famous. holiday. <laughs> I hope, can this be a yearly thing? <laughs> they're, they, they're, they're, they're not working. They're getting $2,000 a month. Yeah. And they're hanging out with their families. And they're having a good time. They're relaxing. It's good for mental health. Totally. And there, it could go the other way. I've noticed like a lot of people who maybe hadn't dealt with mental health issues before were experiencing some things for yeah. the very first time right. during this whole covid holiday all right but i feel like, like that was as somebody part. who has dealt with yeah. a bunch of this shit for a long time i felt like i was very well adjusted just, compared to a lot of people for the start of this i was like yeah, i'm like, great and everybody else is like oh this is the worst thing i'm so depressed i'm like ah oh, i got the I've answers i've been doing years this to prepare i've been this. doing this let me talk <laughs> to you. ready i'm yeah i'm like well i'm an introvert so i'm like i don't care if you're an extrovert sorry about your luck i've been hanging out at home already like it's not a big deal to me. Nothing yeah. changed. I just didn't go to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother, too, like, same as you. He's just like, man, I can't believe this time I'm getting with my family. It was just so, yeah. he was so happy. Yeah. Every time I went to see him, he was just like, he'd pick up his kids and, like, put them in the window. That's your uncle. You remember him? They're like, no, so I think, like, but, like this, we're, they're having a blast or whatever. Like, yeah. it's, it's going to make us so much more appreciative of, like, the little things that used to yes. matter. Like, we're not going on big trips this summer for holidays. We're going to have little fires at our friend's house and that's gonna matter so much more than yeah. going on a big trip somewhere and we're gonna appreciate that much, so much more I agree for sure you know and, and I, I don't wanna so. be you know I kind I was a bit cynical when I came back because this is another reason why I deleted my uh, uh, social media apps because getting with COVID and then uh, the protests and everything I was getting to be such an asshole and people were like so you happen to be back I'm like, no. 
Yeah, 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 I'm very happy to be serving you. Yes, I'm. I'm glad I'm you angry are angry in a out. new location. <laughs> no, but no, I was just fine being at home yeah. on my deck with my kids, tucking them into bed, well, and it was great. But now, no, I love breathing through this limited oxygen mask. And would you like another beer? My dad and I talk about this all the time. Like, so what happens? Like, because we're moving in the direction of automation. Everything's going to get automated. You can just about automate any job. I think we're making hands that do surgery and stuff oh, exactly. like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I've seen so, a robot that yeah. takes a beer and a glass, pours it into the yeah, glass. Yeah, you know. That could be done. But, like, you the can, sass you get when yeah, it comes yeah, to that's beer. That's the best <laughs> part. That's different. But, like, the thing is, so what happens when we automate everything, the exact same amount of money is getting pushed in the economy regardless. You're just not exactly. paying the people We to just do get it. some free time. So maybe that's what's better, though. Like, if you're making the same, the same amount of uh, output is going into the economy and people can spend more time at home, what's the counter argument for that? But it's, it's convincing like, old white money that we yeah. deserve to enjoy our free time. But that's the thing. You shouldn't have to earn that. You should, that should be a human right to enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, enjoy your should time. Should be. People that like, say, <laughs> where does the money come from? There's a difference between money and currency. Yeah. There's, yeah. M- there's a limited amount of currency. Money isn't real. Money oh, is not real. Shit there's no. No. You, you can borrow. Can you Bank know? of Canada. They make money. Give you a trillion dollars. Sure. That's why Jason Kenney can say, here's a billion dollars, one single company, to but make a like, thousand jobs. And How come you can't just print money? Like you can. actually though, yeah. Like seriously though, why can't you just print it? It's harder in Canada because we have polymers. But, but that's like, what makes it. It's easy. It's easy to count. But that's what makes money. it mean nothing. Yeah. Small you can bills. literally yeah. just print it, and then <laughs> now world economy doesn't matter. People can just print money. It all matters. If they, how if they well, for yeah, printing maybe, printing money. Want, look at Zimbabwe though. Like, <laughs> I want the bar. I want the barter system. I want. No, yeah. that, that's I'm what not it should be. Like, money, but like, my is, chicken is worth a bushel of your apples. It's the value yeah. you put on it. When it comes exactly. down to it, I am a, a bit of a guilt for my job because I'm a middleman and I'm yeah. expendable. I wish I could say, I brew beer and I will trade you 20 liters of beer for three loaves of bread. No, and, yeah. and we are just yeah. the face. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are the face and the fingers and that's it. Like we, yeah. We're not the producer. We are the not. face and the fingers. Face and the fingers. Is that the title? No. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. of my, it's a, a movie. I'm going to make a movie, The Face and the Fingers. The fingers and no, the No, but blood. for real. I don't know. Like, I had the opposite experience. Like, when I heard that we were ready to open back up, and they were like, okay, hey, we're, we're asking everybody, only if you're comfortable, you can come back, see the measures we're putting in place. I was like... I don't care. I'm in. Like, I Same. am so ready. And I feel like I appreciate my job so much more. I'm, you can't see it because I'm wearing a mask, but I'm <laughs> smiling bigger than ever. Like, I'm having a great time. I love That's it. Awesome. So like, my question, the first two weeks, I work literally every day. I put in, like, 150 hours in two weeks. Really? And Question, question for it. you guys. Like, coming from a place that's not open. Yeah. And if we do open next week, it's only for patios. It's, like, very limited. But, like, how are customers? Are customers different? Are they respectful of the measures? Are they? I'm not gonna lie, my t- my customers have been tipping well. Me, I have Mine honestly too. kind of made some of the best money I've ever I've, made because they I've feel been doing bad really for well. me. Yeah, and the I find a lot of people have been pretty respectful. Yeah. At least, well, part of that is the place I work. Um, yeah. Other places, the clientele they get doesn't give a shit. We have had like some issues with some people that think it's a hoax and don't yeah. care, and they'll like berate us for having to wear gloves. Yeah. Like. Well, it's not about me. It's about everybody else but me. That's the whole point. That's the whole but point. That's about you. I always, 
and who you come in contact with. But so are they also not like not on you guys were saying like tips are similar as well or almost or, better. I made I made almost so I made better. almost forty percent on something. So has this been like a, like a, an eye opening experience above <laughs> the service that maybe yeah. people like service industry people yeah. Yeah, I think like it is. Going, I think going without it is has this been like a thing where you know people have have had to go home and and feed their own family and their own kids and make their own food, make their own beer and make their own wine. They're so, so they, happy to be do out. They appreciate They're happy to be out. Oh, yes. so happy. They appreciate that, and they also appreciate us working. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm they, sorry you have to wear that mask, and I'm sorry you have like, to be back. And and even bad, the regulars, I hate. I'm like, I'm glad that yeah. that's your face and not the three people I've been seeing for two months. Yeah. Yeah. I said I've had a few like older men be like, I can't see your smile. Can you just take your mask off for a second? And I'm like, no, because I'm not smiling right now. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> but other than that, it's been great. So some things don't change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Those guys have reached the end of their uh, yeah. their How will internet they live? history. If you can't tell a woman to smile, how will you live? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, <laughs> awesome. where is cat calling gone? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and do you think this is like a trend that's going to stick around? Like, is, is this something that customers coming in and appreciating service industry is going to be a thing? The appreciation no. will wear off. Yeah, oh, I don't have faith in humanity. It's going to devolve no. into back no, to like the Up until the masks go away, I think the masks will hold on to like the last thread. Right. And then after that, it'll be like it never happened. Yeah, which is kind like, of well, that's Like, honestly, in Red Deer, I, a lot of people I talk to, it feels like it never happened. Or that's bit. how they treat it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, and, and that's a part of the argument, I think, too. Like, when, in bigger cities, I don't think it's going to be that way. No. I think it's going to last a lot longer. And it's going to be a way mm-hmm. bigger, Like I said, our perspective is change. totally skewed because we've had zero cases. And that makes people think it wasn't real. It's, and it's it's totally different. Like it's even though they can watch the news, see all the shit, get riled up about oh the riots, they shouldn't be fucking rioting. Right. But then you also see all the dead bodies coming out of New York, and you're like, oh, COVID isn't real. But and, like, and, and people don't see the bodies, they don't see that. Okay, they so yeah. see when the numbers, they see the graphs. When are the numbers going to spike? Because of all these protests. Well, when did we open up? Friday night. So it's been just about a week. There well, the protests did. The numbers did spike from the mm-hmm. protests in the states. I haven't heard because I've lost yeah, my you cell phone. See, yeah, I did. I, I stopped somewhere. tuning in as often because yeah. it was literally rallying me up to the point but, where I like, stay up all night, like telling all my friends, "Are you not as mad as I am?" Because I'm mad. Well, so. I went to those Red Deer protests, <laughs> and everyone too. was pretty respectful, we pretty respectful with the distance. There, for is, the most there was part. some people without masks. Yeah, yeah. But, like they like did their best to stay away from the people that yeah. were like. And even when we were like walking, did you go to the one that was like on the Friday where they actually no, did the walk? I. <laughs> I oh. like went on like the the group chat for the staff, oh, okay. and I was like, "I'm so angry about this. Hope you all are too. We're gonna be there tomorrow." And then I slept in through it. No, on Saturday. Yeah, well, uh, we did a whole thing where we walked the whole block of Red Deer like, downtown, and everyone was still pretty good. Like no one was jumbled up. You really just stayed with the people you went with yeah. and stuff like that. Like for the most part, these protests have been pretty peaceful and respectful space. Like, but then yeah, like Fox News is one. Sure. Well, like, yeah. Oh, Fox, Fox <laughs> is not news. I'll no, it's really what not. is that? Well, aren't there studies now coming out that 
they find that people who listen to solely Fox News are actually the most uninformed people out there or something oh, yeah. like that. There's studies on it now. It's like yeah. watching Treehouse TV. That was like, like, what are you learning? <laughs> yeah, like, why not YTV? much? Yeah. I learned a lot from YTV. Don't knock it. Carlos was the shit. My, my <laughs> biggest thing that I've come to realize is like tw- the 24-hour news cycle is, is insane. I hate it. The fact that like, and social media is making it worse. This, yeah. this whole, the, like, 24-hour news cycle yeah. and this whole fate, like, uh, social media lifeline of news And headlines. you have to be on one side. If you went side down or the other. to City Hall and set yourself on fire, we wouldn't remember your name next week. It's so yeah. polarizing. And, and it's, it is. it's so destructive, I think, to, yeah. like, even, just even having thought. Yeah. The same thing, like, with Seth. Like, when I deleted my Facebook, like, whatever, four years ago, like, I was like, oh, what? It was, it was amazing. I didn't miss it for a second. But now I need to delete everything because mm-hmm. I can't even I can't even live my life at this point without getting angry or yeah. or very you know biased in one way or another and I just and I see it and then and then as soon as I see my bias I'm advertised to at the same time and I just get mm-hmm. so fucking mad. Like, Are you on uh, you're on social media right now? I'm on Instagram. You have Twitter. Yes, and I have a very Twitter. shitty Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. So I angry. Love, I love my Twitter. My Twitter <laughs> is very really shitty Twitter. And like, I know, but I've so stopped. I I noticed that I was very very angry. I love her. And then I dropped it, and like the next day, I was like a lot better. Yeah. It was a lot better. Right. So like, well, just like you sh- yeah, you go through your feed and you see some person share something dumb and say something so dumb, and you're just like. What's well, the exposure? Like if you watch you. if you watch horror movies before you go to bed, you're gonna have nightmares. If you yeah. watch Mary True. Poppins, you're gonna have a good night's sleep. Okay, we're, we this is a really long one, and I got a real <laughs> lot of editing to do. What are we actually talking about? Yeah, where did this start? <laughs> yeah. So this is yeah. Maybe we should just shut it down, and we can keep on talking. Okay, yeah, yeah that's fine. Anyway. just secretly start recording an hour from now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to shut it off. Yeah, that's fair. At the Wood, title music, Bartender Blues, produced by Spacey. Check out his stuff on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Space Cadet Beats.